Welcome everyone to the very first episode of Ask NRCAN. It's a new podcast series where we discuss topics relating to the science that we do here at Natural Resources Canada, or NRCAN for short. The way it works is that we'll introduce a topic, we'll discuss it with one of our NRCAN experts, and then we'll look to you to continue the conversation over social media. At the end of the episode, if you have any questions on today's topic, we strongly encourage you to go on Twitter and tweet at us using the hashtag AskNRCAN. Our expert will do his or her best to answer all relevant questions. Sounds good? Okay, on with the show. The topic we're discussing today is the use of traditional knowledge to complement and supplement the scientific work that we do here at NRCAN. So what do we mean by traditional knowledge? A definition has never been agreed upon, but could perhaps be described as knowledge, know-how, skills, and practices within a community that's developed and passed down from generation to generation. Our guest today is Dr. Jennifer Galloway. She's a research scientist with the Geological Survey of Canada here at NRCAN. Uh, Dr. Galloway graduated from Queen's University with an honors degree, Bachelor of Science in Biology, and from Carleton University with a PhD in Earth Sciences. In addition to working at NRCAN, she's also an adjunct assistant professor at both the University of Calgary and Carleton University. Dr. Galloway's research expertise is in palynology, the study of pollen and spores and other organic walled microfossils. She studies pollen and spores preserved in rocks, lake and marine sediments, and peatlands to reconstruct past climate, vegetation, and environmental change. Dr. Galloway is based out of Calgary, but is currently working on a project taking place in the Northwest Territories that involves incorporating traditional knowledge with scientific knowledge. Dr. Galloway, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. First off, can you tell us a little bit about the project you're working on in the Northwest Territories? Yes, so our project is a three-year project that's jointly funded by Polar Knowledge Canada, which is a branch of Indigenous and Northern Affairs Canada and Natural Resources Canada at the Geological Survey of Canada. And the goal of our uh, project is to study climate change impacts on the transport and fate of metals and metalloids in high northern latitude regions. So the title of our project is Geoscience Tools for Environmental Risk Assessment of Metal Mining. And this project is a large collaborative project involving many different uh, groups and institutions in government, academia, industry, and First Nation communities. And it's jointly led by myself and Professor Tim Patterson at Carleton University. And the Indigenous communities that are involved in our study are the Knives Dene First Nation, the Tlito government, the North Slave Métis Alliance, and a Katikmiat Inuit group. And this project is taking place in Yellowknife? Or near Yellowknife? Our project is focused in the Central Northwest Territories and the Southern mainland area of Nunavut within the mineral-rich slave geological province. And the goal of our project is to establish background levels and fluxes of metal and metalloids to the environment. And we want to understand how climate change, both past climate change and future climate change, will impact the transport and fate of metals and uh, metalloids in these environments. And so we focused our work so far in the Yellowknife area, where about 65 years of gold mining at the former giant mine, as well as a number of other smaller gold mines, have resulted in widespread deposition of arsenic. We're also focusing research in the central NWT at the Tundra Salamita site, and we hope to be able to access the Hope Bay area in southern Nunavut, um, where a new gold mine is starting production. 
So you incorporate traditional knowledge as part of the research for this project. Um, why is that so important? Like, what can traditional knowledge tell you? So traditional knowledge, although there hasn't been a definition agreed upon, can be summarized as a knowledge system that provides information on substance, ecological knowledge, climate, and processes. And in the North, where there's been a long history of extractive development, Traditional knowledge can also provide information about the long-term environmental legacy of these developments on communities and the environment. Traditional knowledge can provide information that's complementary to the data derived from Western science knowledge systems, but it can also provide new insight on past climate, environmental and land use changes that can't be derived from any other sources. So we're working with Indigenous communities and within our study area to develop unique knowledge systems that have or could produce information that can be combined with data derived from our Western geoscience to provide insight into past climate change and the environmental and cultural impacts on, from legacy mining and climate change together. So for example, the North Slave Métis Alliance have produced a project study where they reviewed historical records and also interviewed community members, and this provided a wealth of information on past temperature data, precipitation trends, and ice conditions that can be compared to our reconstructions based on paleoecological proxies. We're also working with Yellowknife's Dene First Nation, and this community holds a wealth of knowledge on former giant mine practices and associated impacts to the environment and their communities. And this will be extremely helpful in our interpretation of legacy contamination in this region. Incorporating traditional knowledge is becoming more prominent at NRCAM. How do you see this initiative evolving going forward? Okay, so I believe that it's critical to involve local peoples and communities and their knowledge in any land use decision making process. Traditional knowledge, community knowledge and citizen science and its integration with Western science and its use in land use decision making is emerging across Canada. And the inclusion of local perspectives is especially relevant in Northern Canada. And this is because of the cyclic nature of remote natural resource development that can lead to sudden closure and abandonment of mines and projects. And of course, it's the local peoples and indigenous communities that will be left to deal with any environmental problems that are a legacy of these activities. So any environmental legacies associated with resource extraction will be especially pronounced in northern regions. And this is because high northern latitudes, for one, have relatively slow environmental processes that are involved in ecological recovery, and two, because the North is undergoing rapid climate change at present, and this is predicted to continue into the future. And I'd like to just uh, end today by saying thank you for having me, and thank you to my management at the Geological Survey of Canada for their support on the project. Dr. Galloway, thank you very much for your time. Now is the point of the episode where we ask you to continue the conversation over social media. If you have questions for Dr. Galloway, or if you have comments on the episode, we'd like you to get on Twitter and tweet at us using the hashtag AskNRCAN. Also, if you're interested in learning more about this subject, we encourage you to visit our Science at NRCAN website at www.nrcan.gc.ca slash science slash home and look for the article on traditional knowledge. We'll have links available to any relevant material. And while you're there, take the time to browse the site. We have tons of interesting information for you. We have articles, scientist profiles, and our Science at Work video series that showcases the science that NRCAN conducts and its impact on the life of Canadians. Well, this concludes our first episode of Ask NRCAN. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to hearing from you, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.